Alliance. Supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues. There's a small bit of a needle there. Oh, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Listen between them, and now they're really roaring. And I can tell you, tell you, that there won't be a cold milk and cold for at least a week. Hello, everyone. You're very welcome to the Irish Examiner Gaelic Football Show, with thanks to Allianz. Today, we are going to preview the 2022 Gaelic football season. And we will start with the Allianz Football League, which starts next weekend. We will also talk about the All-Ireland Football Championship, which follows directly after the league in this new split season. Although it's not fully split, because we will also look forward to the remaining All-Ireland club semi-finals and final. My name is Paul Rouse, and I'm joined by the former Armagh footballer, Oshin McConville, and by Eamon Fitzmaurice, the former Kerry footballer and manager. All four divisions of the National Football League begin this weekend. And every team is fixed to play seven games in nine weeks. There will then be league finals a week later before a two-week break to the championship. Now, the best way to talk about football is obviously through matches and through players. Oshin, we have to start with the All-Ireland champions, Tyrone. They play Monaghan in the first round of Division One of the National Football League in Oma next Sunday afternoon. Are Tyrone likely to retain the All-Ireland Senior Football Championship and what are they looking for from this league? Um, <clears throat> they want to improve on, on what ha- has happened so far in the, in the McKenna Cup. I think that's for sure. But um, look, they would have a. I think last year for a lot of those throwing players, it was like a monkey off the back. I think um, a lot of people told them for for two and three years that they had the capabilities of, of winning all Ireland. Um, there was something very refreshing about them last year but also something very familiar about them in that um they were able to grind out victories in a way that um we probably had had seen uh, before but supposedly in the recent times um, they struggled uh with quality uh just the quality to finish things off up front they had that in abundance last year and i, and I think like if you consider mcshane maybe coming back you know, somewhere near full fitness, and you look at Derek Callum a year further down the road as far as progress concerned. Uh, Darren McCurry, you know, with a bit of faith that the bit of faith that has been shown in him, you know, playing at the top of his game. Um, I think there's a great opportunity for um for Tyrone to 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 win to win another All Ireland. But look, we all know how difficult it is to go back to back and as I say you know the way they started the season I don't think it'll be all that worrying for them in that they're probably a little bit behind everybody else but um, sometimes you know playing catch up in a condensed season with games one on top of each other picking up an odd injury here and there um, some defections from the squad which is which is uh, which is always going to be there there's always going to be disgruntled individuals but um I think they they have they have a decent depth in that squad. Um, they have a good bit of quality, and as I say, for a lot of those players, I think it's a monkey off their back that that they've actually won an All Ireland now, and they'll probably play with even a bit more freedom next year. Eamon, what are you looking for in the league after you win an All Ireland final? And in as well as that, if you were uh, a, the Toronto manager and you see Tiernan McCann 
has left the panel. Mark Bradley has left the panel. Ron O'Neill and a few others are on the margins of the panel. That is, is that something that you would find concerning? I think it is a bit concerning for them, Paul, from the point of view that there is, uh, you know, that the, the lads that have moved on, particularly the likes of Tiernan McCann and Mark Bradley, they were important impact players last year. And normally when you win in All-Ireland, those kind of players would be looking to push on and try and get back into the team and be starting more games this year. And I think, OK, they still have plenty of strength and depth and they will develop a few more players, I'm sure, during the league. But I'd be just thinking about their training sessions, losing players of the quality of that. They mightn't be at quite at the same level as they were last year. Um, so, yeah, I suppose, look, those players had been on the go for a long time. I saw Tierney McCann. Um you know, had been on the go since 2014, uh, is 31, has won in All-Ireland now and maybe feels like that he's he's satisfied in need, I don't know. Mark Bradley said that he went travelling a couple of years ago and he saw that there was more to life than football and that he's he's looking to uh, experience that as well. But it's probably not ideal for, for, for the squad losing players like that um, in terms of what they're trying to get out of the league. They'll be trying to test themselves. They'll, you know, it's going to be a different league for them from the point of view that everyone's playing them is going to be really up for the game and is going to be trying to measure themselves against the All Ireland champions. So that brings its own challenges, and um, you know they're going to find out fairly fast where they're at. Uh, you know, we've seen it in the McKenna Cup already, and sure they're not reading much into that. But um, as the league games start now, and with with Monaghan coming to town on. Um, on, on Sunday, they're certainly not going to be making it easy for Tyrone. Oshin, you 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 train a team in in Monaghan. Can you see Monaghan doing what Tyrone did last year? Can Monaghan break the semi final barrier, get to a final, <sighs> and just finally get over the line? They're definitely not a million miles away. I think um, they've brought in uh, you know a number of young players. Those players. From last year, even should be well blooded. Jack McCarran looks as if he's going to continue on the form, you know, that he showed last year, and and even brought into the championship. And um, McManus, you know, hasn't played a lot of football obviously so far, but um, you know, he's still a weapon for them. Uh, and I think it just depends what way to use him. Um, I think there are a couple of players that they that they continue to show faith with that that maybe at this level now. Um, I've gone to struggle a little bit. Who do you mean? Uh, um, as I say, there's a couple there. That I, look, there's a couple that I, there's a couple. That I suppose Paul pure, purely and simply that are getting on a bit, and mm. uh, you know, it just depends what way they're going to use them, and maybe you know, for experience towards the end of the, towards the end of games, maybe there's a possibility that um, they'll win. Not even that, but maybe there's a possibility that, that they would give you something towards the end of the game. Let's try and hold on to the ball. Let's try and orchestrate a score. Um, like That's exactly what they needed last year against Tyrone. I mean, like they should have beat Tyrone in last year's Ulster final. Let's, let's, let's put it like that. But would they have went on and, and, and done what Tyrone did? I'm, I'm, I'm unsure that they would. Um, so they're probably still a small bit off. Um, but... If I was looking at the teams in Ulster, I was looking at the draw in Ulster, I would give Moran a great shout. 
obviously the contenders ultimately this season to take Tyrone's All-Ireland Championship come in the next three matches that we're going to talk about. Dublin Armagh, Kildare Kerry, Mayo and Donegal. It's very difficult to see a team coming from beyond that six to to, to claim the Sam Maguire. Um, the only place, Oshin, I presume you're going to Croke Park on Saturday evening to watch Dublin against Armagh. Well, I think everybody in Armagh is going, just in case we don't get another opportunity um, for the rest of the year. But it's a while since we've been there and, and played, a, you know, any, anything like what feels like a really competitive game. And this seems to have come along at the right time. I think it's a, it's a good game for Armagh to get up and run. I watched Dublin at the weekend. Um, I know they're holding a little bit back. I think they had a they had a challenge match uh, during uh, early that morning and um, before they they played Leash. I don't think I don't think he doubled up or player, players were playing in two games or anything like that. But I think there's uh, there's players who have uh, who have to come back in there. Some obvious names, um, which will be quite frightening when thrown onto a team sheet. But I still don't think Dublin are anywhere near um, where they were at previously. With the, and that, I think that's an obvious thing, but also I don't think that they're just right at the pitch of it just yet. I think you know Leash caused them a lot of problems. I think there's a definite change in the way in the way Dublin played. If, if last week is anything to go by, um, the amount of players they get in around the ball whenever the ball breaks in the middle of the field, um, when a player is is held up and how they're able to turn them over, the physicalities. It's huge, but if, if you can get it, if you can get out of that initial swarm tackling and get a ball away, I think you know you can do them plenty of damage. And I think in a big pitch like like Co Park, if if Armagh um, can do that and stop taking the ball into the tackle, I think Armagh would have a great chance of of, uh, of taking a big scalp at the weekend. But um, <clears throat> I'll just be interested to see how Dublin progress from here. Um, how many of those? Uh, new players that we've seen they actually put faith in um, but I think for, as far as I'm concerned you couldn't have a better game to start to start the league as far as I'm concerned Eamon there's a bit there's a sense out there that other teams are smelling blood now when it comes to Dublin Do you, is that how you look at it? Um, I Yeah I look I suppose we'll have to wait and see Paul that there definitely was a pattern through the year last year that we had seen and you know we, we were expecting all of the time for them to maybe as the championship was going on to crank up the gears and to be become the Dublin that we'd become so familiar with but the mistakes that had been common through the league and as the championship the Leinster championship progress continued into the All-Ireland semi-final um, even the last say again in that leash game you know they were kicking balls into the goalies hands they were doing things that they would have never done during that six in a row run so I'm sure they're they're working on those things in training. I am expecting a big response from them straight away in the league, um, uh, starting Saturday night. And uh, I I think it's early maybe to be saying that teams are smelling blood, uh, but they're not the force they were. But whether they're going to tidy it up from where they were last year, I suppose we know as the league progresses. So it looks, it, looks, it looks it looks to me, Paul, even just. Uh, just early signals, like still very, very reliant. Like you know, what the weekend is very reliant at Kenny and Fenton, just to you know to try and mop things up. And again, you know, John Small, you know, getting sent off. That none of that stuff is ideal. You know, when you're trying to build momentum and build 
you know, build into the league. So uh, still maybe a little bit reliant on those players, which, um, you know, even at this stage would, would be probably a bit of a red flag. I, I, I agree with that. I saw them play awfully in the first round of the O'Byrne Cup and there was nothing in the game with 10 minutes left and at that, or 15 minutes left and Niall Scully then came on uh, and he did, He this is a slight warning for other teams, I think when Scully came on, his work rate was absolutely <coughs> exceptional and he lifted the whole team and he basically organised it so the ball, every ball went through Kieran Kilkenny and Kieran Kilkenny won the match for them On the on and the rest of the players who, who Dublin had introduced looked like they need time they look like uh, young players who may or may not make it, but they look like they need time. Two exceptions, though. Tom Laheef played no, number five and was really good. But the best player on the pitch, apart from Kieran Kilkenny, was Sean Bugler, who played number seven, scored five points from play. And the timing of his runs from the number seven position off the shoulder of the defender was devastating. And he kicked, it's, he kicked five points, but he could easily have had a two-three in, in, yeah. in, in, those, in those runs coming through. I, I do question, though, I do question whether their full back line is 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 going to be able to cope with what's coming. It's true Davy Byrne wasn't there, and it's true that Mick Fitz wasn't there, but it's not clear where the reinforcements are coming from. I think that's um, a question, Paul, and I think that was the thing that maybe went under the radar a bit with them all during their success was how good they were at the back and how good they were in the full back line, how able they were able to play one and one. Um, you know, to allow them to play their expansive game further up the field. And uh, that's, you know, some of the players that they've lost over the last couple of years, they're hard to replace. But I, I like the look of Lee Gannon, the bit I've seen of him. He looks good. He looks tight. He looks confident. And uh, I imagine of, of the fellas that have been there during the, the Auburn Cup, I expect to see him getting a goal this weekend. And, I, uh, you know, stepping up now, playing our man, experience forwards, that'll be a good test of him. But... He does look like a player that they have been lacking for the last couple of years to be coming through to replace, I suppose, eventually the Johnny Coopers, the Mick Fitzsimons and those players. So be interested to see how he gets on throughout the league. The There is a massive game um, in Kildare on Sunday afternoon at 1.45. Kerry go back to Newbridge. Um, there were 6,000 people aiming at the McGrath Cup final between Kerry and Cork last last weekend how do you explain that um i think there's a, a fierce appetite for for football in in Kerry um at the moment and i think anytime a new management comes in paul there's always going to be curiosity uh about what's happening what are the little changes from last season um plus the the strength of the teams that are being selected as well you know that there's an opportunity to get out and see see the lads and see how they're getting on so um it didn't overly surprise me that there was a big crowd there. The the day was nice. Um, there's no whole pile else going on at the moment in Kerry in January. So, uh, you know, people were anxious to get out and see the lads and uh, they performed well, got a good got a good win. And, you know, they've had a good, good McGrath Cup. But at the same time, I don't think they're going to be getting carried away by beating Division 2, 3 and 4 teams yet. They know that the tests start next weekend and from there on they'll be coming thick and fast. Would you have reappointed Jack O'Connor as manager? <laughs> um, I I would have. Look, I think the thing that you're getting with Jack is you're getting a serial winner who knows how to win. He's coming back with a bit of freshness. Um, 
he's he's going to bring that confidence and that know-how with him. <clears throat> but I think the big the big interest in Kerry, certainly the big interest for me is what influence Paddy Talley is going to have. Um, you know, how how is he going to affect the way Kerry defends in particular without the ball? Is he going to um, make those backs that are there better? And uh, how is the Paddy Talley philosophy going to marry with the Jack O'Connor philosophy? They're the kind of things that I'd be uh, interested in watching for the next couple of games. Um, you know, during the McGrath Cup, you could see flashes of a bit of zonal defence going on at times and you know, it's clear that they're working on something in training, but uh, as the league goes on now and they play against the top teams who are used to playing against those systems and used to getting ways around them, I'd be interested to see how that uh, develops and, like I said, how the two philosophies marry. So Jack has an amazing knack of timing and in getting in, 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 into jobs. Over the last three years, Kerry... Well, OK, let's, let's, let's look at it this way. If Mayo had done what Kerry have done in the last three years, they would be slaughtered for it. In control of an All-Ireland final, into injury time, with a player up, don't mind the ball. Two points up in Cork, in a Munster Championship match, high ball into the square, lose the game. In control of the game in the middle of the second half against Tyrone, missed chances, fall apart in the end, and okay, recover. So what's lacking, what has been lacking in Kerry? Is it defenders? Is it forwards? Is it structure? Or is it a mentality? Well, there's been plenty of slaughtering in Kerry anyway, Paul. So um, whatever about nationally, I'm not so sure. Um, what has been lacking? Look, it's diff- difficult to put the finger on it. The, I, I think you mentioned Jack and timing there. You look at the groups, the let's say the five in a row winning minor teams. They're all of very good age now. The youngest group, we'll say the last team to win the All-Ireland in 2018, they're now going to be 21 this year. So you've a lot of players between 21 and 26 that have won uh, minor All-Irelands, have a good bit of ex- senior experience under the belt now as well, as well as the lads that won the All-Ireland in 2014 from the experience point of view. So I think in terms of age profile, in terms of experience, in terms of appetite, um, you have a lot of what you need. But the question marks will remain, and we said it, so I probably if you went back to the podcast we did at the start of the championship this time last year, we said it that the question marks remain until you answer the questions. And so far for the last, going back to 2014, we haven't answered the questions in Kerry. And until you do those, there are going to be question marks um, about all of the things that you mentioned. So um, I think bit by bit as the league is progressing, the players and the management will be trying to answer those questions and and get ready for the championship then. Is it the pursuit of ruthlessness that has brought Jack O'Connor to field the teams that he's fielded against, say, Tipperary and winning matches by more than a dozen points, driving it through in the end? Is that what this is? I don't think so, to be fair, Paul. I think I was never a huge fan of the McGrath Cup when I was there myself because the players you want to try in the McGrath Cup and the pre-season tournaments oftentimes are tied up with their either their clubs or their colleges. And you end up having to play experienced players that maybe could do with a bit of time off uh, in the lead into the league. Now, this year, I think it's a bit different for Kerry. Under a new management, it was good to get a couple of games uh, under the belt. But, you know, like I said, a lot of the players that would have come to the surface during the county championship, take the Austin Stacks lads, the likes of Dylan Casey, Joseph O'Connor, Jack O'Shea, Greg Horn, 
you'd love to be giving them game time in the McGrath Cup, but they couldn't really because they were caught up with Aston Stacks. Some of the younger players that were playing Sigerson again, they're they're unavailable to you. Um, so, you know, some of the Nagail players, again, the likes of Andrew Barry, who's back in the squad, Stefan O'Conbar, to give them game time in the games. Again, they were club tied. So from that point of view, I think Jack's hands were forced a bit. Um, he There was a couple of injuries as well. A couple of the senior players are injured and coming back that bit slower. So what he had was what he had. And as a result, he picked strong teams. And, you know, they're they're in a good position now heading into the first league game. They've kind of a settled look about them. Um, they have a bit of depth there as well in terms of replacements, which isn't always true in Kerry at the start of the league. You're oftentimes you're kind of down to the bare bones, really. But um, they're in a strong position, I think, going up to Newbridge next weekend. And they have the couple of wins. They've been working on their bit of structure. They've definitely been kicking the ball a bit more. They've definitely been using the offensive mark um, as a as a noted tactic and quite effectively. <clears throat> so you can see that they have worked on things during the McGrath Cup that will probably transfer into the early league games. Oshin, Eamon puts it very simply, Kerry haven't answered the questions. And you've you've repeatedly questioned Kerry's capacity to, to deliver. Is this the year? Um, and one thing I have noticed about um, the podcast so far is that there's no chance of me and Eamon getting a McGrath Cup or a McKenna Cup under a belt. We seem to be straight into championship mode and championship questions. Um, they haven't made it easy, Paul. The the thing about the thing about Kerry is that Kerry can win the McGrath Cup. They can obliterate everybody in the league and win the league. They can win the Munster title by forty plus points. Um, but unless they win all Ireland, <laughs> it's a uh, the season is a failure, and that's sort of where Kerry are at. And I think they're there for a couple of reasons. They're there obviously because of their history. They're there because I think because of how ruthless they have been as far as the management setup has been concerned. And I think they are in that position because they have the most talented squad probably there. Um the thing that you question is um you you were you were asking just about like Eamon was saying about you know Paddy Tally and making defenders, making those defenders that they have already better defenders. Okay, that's part of it, but there has to be some sort of structure about the way Kerry play, and there has to be a consistency in the way to do that. And I think if Paddy Talley's going to bring anything, then he'll bring that. Now, when you bring that, you need 35 or whatever it is, lads, to buy into that. If I was a Kerry player, I'd be buying into that. And the reason why I'd be buying into that is at this stage, I would do whatever it took in order to win in All-Ireland. Not to have to listen to lads like me go on about how they um, are almost there and how they keep you know, failing at the last, falling at the last hurdle. The thing about um, about Kerry last year was that they had, you know, they had that drone game in the palm of their hand and uh, they let it slip. And the recent history in the last, as you uh, chronicle there, in the last three years, you know, wouldn't fill you full of confidence. But as I say, they are an extremely talented squad. I haven't seen them play at all this year, but I have seen you add a couple of names. And I know that uh, there's, a, there's a couple of players there that can, that can give them a lot. And Clifford just seems to be, you know, when people say, you know, you're in a rich vein of form, 
He just seems to be in a rich vein of form all the time. He was uh, he, he was unbelievable against Letterkenny. Yeah, he, he was. was amazing. He was absolutely uh, amazing. And for a lot of time, he you know he, he doesn't he wasn't on the ball a lot, but just when he was on it, he just he just keeps doing the right thing all the time. Um, but anyway, but apart from that, um, but that's I'd say that's 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 Kerry in a nutshell. As I say, I, I think Kerry will win the league. Um, I think they're they're in that. Uh, they seem to be in that zone. Will they win the championship? I don't, actually don't think so. To be honest. Kildare, Eamon, would you would you have anything you'd like to uh, before we talk about Kildare? Would you like to come back on that? No, I wouldn't. We'll we leave it there, Paul. I'm happy enough. Okay, <laughs> but noted, no doubt. Um, Oshin, <clears throat> you suspect there might be a small bit of an edge in Newbridge next Sunday with Jack O'Connor going back to the county that he had just managed and to meet a team being trained by heroes of the 90s who are back, Glenn Ryan, Anthony Rainbow, Kildare back running in the Curra, uh, back preparing for these for these matches. How do you see this going? How do you see Kildare? I see, well, I see Kildare just having a bit more of an edge to them than they've had in the last number of years. Um, I think it probably the setup probably has been crowded. Glenn Ryan's been looking this job for some time, you know, um, and I think he's got the people in with him that he wants. Uh, I think it's it seems feels like a very Kildare setup, if that makes any sense. And there seems to be a bit more blood and guts and and that side of things. I think you know it's it seems to be more. A more emotional setup than maybe as clinical as it was before. I think if they get married, those two things, I think um, they're in a decent place. Uh, like when I watched them against Dublin last year, they had an opportunity to to kick on maybe and, and cause Dublin a few more problems, but they had zero belief in themselves. The people on the sideline had zero belief in them, and uh, and I think that will change. You know the 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 uh, the message from the sideline will be we're as good as anybody else, and I think you know. If you ask me what 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 Kildare were missing, maybe even in in Geezer's time, probably was physicality and and a bit of badness, and and um and I think maybe that's what Glenn Ryan and and uh, Anthony Rainbow and these boys will be trying to instill in them. Um, but uh, for me, they could be a surprise package as far as. Even just Leicester Championship and and uh, making it a lot more competitive than it has been. I agree with that. Um, you you said before about Kildare underachieving. Um, in the two wonderful years that we have spent together on this podcast, Oshin, you have repeatedly pushed Donegal as being potential All Ireland champions. You talk about them in glowing terms. You talk about the quality of their panel, and time and time again, they have fallen short. Do you see this changing? There's nothing that there's nothing in the in the last couple of games certainly that would would suggest that 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 is going to change. I think they're going to be the same again. I think they're going to be you know competitive. You know they're going to be, um, you know they're going to be in the top probably six teams in the country, um, but they just don't seem to be able to do it when it matters. I think some of our bigger players are aging. I think. They're not replacing the quality with the. They're not replacing leg for leg as far as quality is concerned. 
Um, and and I just thought to, I thought in the last twelve months they've looked a bit leggy on it. And uh, and I suppose like the one thing people keep pointing to will be like they had thrown on the ropes uh, and then a skill on that day and they'd missed the penalty and Murphy got sent off and uh, just like in those couple of minutes uh, things changed dramatically for them and yet they still pushed on and and, and made that a very competitive game if you remember um, it was the subs, substitutions you know Eamon's already talked about Tierney McCann that day when he came on uh, very good um, I can't think of who else a couple more a couple more lads come off the bench that day um, McKenna actually come off the bench that day as well um, so Donegal are still more or less in the same position as, as they have been um, as I said even just a weekend against Monon wouldn't inspire you I know they weren't at, they weren't at full tilt um, they have a few distractions with you know like I suppose like everybody else has but I suppose if you're playing college football and maybe you're not playing college football in, in, in Letterkenny, you know, there's a, there's a serious troll to get back up the road for training and different. So they have their own logistic issue, logistical issues, but um, I just think they look a bit leggy. They look as if in the, in the in, they're getting older in the wrong areas to feel and they haven't replaced Lake for Lake maybe. So uh, even though I've, I've, I've championed them for a couple of years, I, I, I can't do that to them or myself anymore I'd say they have the bunting out on hearing that now <laughs> anyway <laughs> um, Eamon Mayo Oshin Mullen not going to Australia does that give Mayo the kind of an early season boost where you would have thought it might just rid them of the hangover of last year's final loss yeah it's huge um, Paul in fairness he is he, he has been so impressive over the last couple of seasons and a player electing to stay home like that is a big um, vote of confidence in the setup. And, you know, maybe there was aspects of his personal life came into the decision as well. But um, from James Horn's point of view, it's it's fantastic to have him. Um, the return to Killian O'Connor is going to be a big uh, boost to them as well. And I think um, the notable thing from the off-season for me was... Um, James Horne appointing Stephen Cohn as captain. Um, I think that was a, a big um, statement of intent and I think it makes Aidan O'Shea droppable. Um, you know, when a player is picked as a captain, like it's different in Kerry where the, the club champion, the county champion still picked the, the captain, you know, in a, in a squad where you pick the captain, that player is going to be playing. Um, unless he suffers a serious loss of form or whatever. But um, I think by Aidan O'Shea being removed as captain makes him droppable. And um, again, I think that that's a big statement early in the season from from James Horne. So, look, Mayo will do what Mayo do. They'll dust themselves down. They'll go hard again. And they'll be in the conversation at the end of the championship for sure. Um, if they manage to win... Uh, beat Galway in particular in that first game and if they manage to win the kind of championship they they will probably avoid Kerry and Dublin who will come up against each other probably in an All-Ireland semi-final so they'd only have to beat one of those and uh, whether Tyrone come through the other side then and you know that they could have a re- revenge mission there um, you know as they always will be they'll be in the conversation but whether they can get it over the line is, a, is another thing but um, 
those couple of early season things certainly are a big boost for them. It feels a long way back to the top of the mountain, though. I have to say, when you when you've been there with, if you consider where they were twenty four hours before they played Tyrone, it does feel a long way back. It is a long way back, but I suppose they've showed us so many times over the last decades that they they just. I don't know, maybe other teams there's a bit more scar tissue and there's a bit more of a hangover when you lose in All-Ireland they, they just seem to get on with it and come back again and there is that mad hunger I would imagine within the group but also within the county to get that All-Ireland so um, yeah, the, I, I think the league could be could be tricky for them but I think by the time um, again it comes down to, to, to the serious stuff they'll be, they'll be there thereabouts again before we move on to the lower divisions, we won't talk about who's going to win the league, but of those eight teams, which two are going to be relegated? Oshin. Mayo, Donegal, Kildare, Kerry, Dublin, Armagh, Tyrone, Monaghan. Um, the podcast doesn't work as well if there's silence. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go Monaghan. And are you Tyrone. training tonight in the club? Monaghan and Tyrone. Monaghan and Tyrone. Oh, Eamon. Um, I think Kildare get relegated. Um, I can't pick another team. Then I. I I don't know. Very hard to pay. I depending on the way Tyrone go early in the league, it could could decide a lot for them. Um, I can't pick a second team. I, I think Kildare, Kildare probably will will struggle to stay in Division One. But of the rest of them, I think Tyrone, Monaghan, Mayo, Donegal. I think any one of them could go, depending on the the kind of a run that they go on. Okay, we're going to go down to the lower divisions. I want to go to Division 4 for a minute. And I want to ask each of you, about how many Division 4 league games have you been to in your lives? Um, have you been, been at any? I've been at one or two, yeah. I've been at one or two, all right. Scouting if, if, if Kerry were going to play Watford or something like that, is that... Um, when Paul was involved with Wexford, I would have been at one. Um, and I'd say that's about it. Okay, Oshin. Uh, 10, 12 matches, maybe. And Division 3, much, much the same? Probably the same, yeah. And can I ask you as a follow on from that? Do you think the league structure works? Uh, yeah. Uh, I think it, I think it does. Um, I, I think we'll get regardless of like I, I think you I think you're going in the, the lane of exposure here for for certain teams and stuff. But um, you, you're never going to see we're not you're never going to give the opportunity to see everybody. I think we're seeing more football now than we ever have done as far as um, you know as I say teams getting exposure and and. I do think there is an opening for us to play games on a Wednesday and Friday night. And maybe not at this time of year, but... I'm not going down the road of exposure, by the way. 
just okay. exposure. I think I think there's no shortage of exposure. I'm down, I'm going down the road of development because the current league structure was set up in 2008, and in that league, in the, the there were nine teams in Division Four in that year. There was Carlo and London. Car, the only two teams who are not in Division Four who win that first two league are Clare and Offaly, and Offaly. Uh, are something of an anomaly, but Offaly has spent the last since two thousand and eight construction of the current league going between three and four. Clare are the massive exception to all of this and has established themselves as a serious Division Two team, looking to get to Division One, but not quite making it. Of the rest of the teams who were who were in Division, the other nine teams, um, six of them are still in Division Four this coming year. Cavan are there with them as a kind of an anomaly of the way the COVID leagues worked in the last couple of years. And um, and the ninth team, Kilkenny, doesn't even field in the league anymore. It is impossible, as I see it, to argue that for those six teams that the league structure has worked in any meaningful way, number one. Number two, if you look at more than just about one third, basically one third of all teams have basically never been up even to Division Two, let alone Division One. They remained mired in the bottom section, so the league, the league just does not work as a way of development for 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 those counties. It's hard. It's hard to argue with what you're after saying. The only thing I would say is that, like, if, if these teams are not resourced in the same way as other teams are resourced, then you know they don't have the same opportunity to progress. Paul, I have had my eyes open even in the last 18, 12, 18, 12 months about, uh, you know, how these teams are resourced, conditioned, uh, the amount of people it takes in order to get... La- like, like for example, right? So if, if, if Armagh go to play Dublin this weekend, okay? So yeah. the, the, the minimum requirement for Armagh footballers this weekend is to be conditioned similarly or very, very close to the way that Dublin uh, are conditioned, right? So you take, for example... A team like Cavan going down in division. So they play Leitrim this weekend. I think first and foremost, right, there's going to be a way, there's going to be a difference in the way that they are conditioned. And that doesn't give you the fighting chance that you want. That's not saying that Leitrim can't, you know, pull off a result here and there. Or, you know, they, they've, they've done well a couple of years going all the way get into division three. But what happens, you come back down again. And, and, and that's, that's the problem. That's the problem for me is that um, just to get you on a level playing field is so so difficult. Um, as far as as I say, the way you're resourced and the way you're conditioned. Okay, so if you're conditioned in the same way, and so like if you look at the top top teams, there doesn't be a there doesn't be a lot in it. You know, one special player maybe to turn a game or something. But one thing you can't say is that you know that that the top team. You look at any of those top teams now, they're all conditioned in a very, very similar way. You look at the amount of young lads, really young lads, like 18 and 18-year-olds who are coming in and playing top-top level inter-county football on a regular basis, just doesn't happen. You know why? It's purely and simply. They don't have enough birthdays. You know, it takes that amount of time to develop into, you know, physically into that into that football. That's not saying that an 18-year-old lad can't come on and make a cameo appearance and do really well or get a goal and a couple of points and use their pace and all those sort of things. But still, 
Like you look at the difference between like the Conal Callum one is 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 one you could use as far as you know how he developed as a player. But you look at the Tommy Conroy one for me. I thought in the last even the last twelve months and 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 even from what I've seen him playing with his club, you look at how you know he has developed through an inter county system in the, uh, as far as conditioning is concerned. So I think when you're talking with the lower tier teams, I think the first thing you have to do is say. You know, are they conditioned in the same way as the as the as the Division One, Division Two team? I don't think that they've got there yet, and I think when they get there, that gives them a fighting chance as far as the, starting to develop players. And and then what you're talking about is so let's say I, I take a we you take a player in Leitrim, and you take him at eighteen or eighteen years of age, and you put three, four, maybe even five years. Um, conditioning and resourcing them and all of a sudden you know he doesn't see the value in, in staying there and teams like uh, Leitrim and Carlo and these teams they can't afford to hold 50 players and and they wouldn't hold 50 players because they, they wouldn't have the interest or the drive and all that to, to do to to do that if, if that makes any sense as far as um you know if you're Number forty nine on the on the Leitrim panel. Like, where's the the drive to, in order to, to to keep going? And, and but look at as I say. But if you put three four years into like ten lads and you're looking them to develop, they haven't had that much football in the interim period, and all of a sudden, you know, they don't see the value in it anymore, and they're gone. And that all those resources you put into those players, and you're starting again now with a new crop. And like I spoke to a couple of inter county managers during the um, during the lockdown. Paddy Talley was one of them. And he was with Down purely and simply. He said, "I said, you know, why are Down not where they were? Purely and simply, turnover of players. You asked, you know, the Antrim manager, you know, uh, turnover of players, Tipper, you know, all of these players, and that's why you see so many new faces in year in year out with these teams. And you you look at them and you think, well, he's not as well conditioned as what he should be." He might be only be there, you know, six months, twelve months, and that's, and for me, that's that's a big part of of uh, of the issue with uh, the lower tier teams or the or the lower division teams, and that's why the the progress is never like for a lot of them, progress can be there for twelve or or twenty four months, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's a lapse in that again. So that's why they're not kicking on to the next level. That's that's my opinion. It's probably simplified, but. But uh, that's uh, that's part, definitely part of it. Is that how you see it, Eamon? Yeah, no, I think I couldn't disagree with anything Oshina said there or what you said previously, Paul. About uh, those kind of statistics are are frightening in a way when you when you look at it over a period of time. Um, obviously, the football development goes hand in hand, but unless you can compete physically, you're 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 going nowhere really, and. It does take, I suppose, it is the chicken and the egg thing, trying to get players to commit to that level that it requires is a huge commitment. And um, there's big payback when you're there in the Division One side of things, and especially if you're winning competitions and you're doing well. But um, if you're in Division Four and you're trying to put in the same kind of commitment, um, possibly the, the payback isn't there. And it's, it's not as sustainable. It's, it's just not as sustainable in, a, in an amateur game. So it is a challenge, absolutely. But if you have, you know, a good group together that are willing to give it those two or three years 
where everyone kind of opts in, you will definitely see progress. From what from looking at what's going on in Offaly, and from having seen a relatively close hand what's been, the work that's been done, for example, in Roscommon, where there is a brilliant production line of underage players, and some of the most skillful footballers in the country at the moment are coming out of Roscommon and and everything what you're doing. But if you look at those, it seems to me that the pathway through is structures. So it's club structures within a county. <clears throat> to make sure there are adequate levels of play at underage and at, at adult club level. On top of that, there are underage development squad structures, which where teams must be brought in from under 14. And then there is the resourcing of the adult teams as you go through. And the single point, you can do what you want with structures, but you cannot build them properly without a lot of money. And Leitrim is a brilliant, brilliant case in point, Oshin, uh, from, from making it in terms of resources. What, what the clubs of Leitrim do is exceptional given their resources, what the Leitrim County team manages to do. For Le- the Leitrim County team, agree, yeah. it's, it's absolutely superb. But on the basic fact of numbers, there are club teams who get more sponsorship than than the Leitrim senior team when it comes when it when it when it comes to this. That's like it's a credit to anyone who puts money into anything. But that's the level of resourcing that's required. And until the GAA actually has a serious look at how it resources its 32-county structure, if it intends to keep the 32-county structure, then uh, it, it, there, there can be no fair fair competition in, 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 in all of this. But if you look at that, Division 4, part of the reason why we constructed the Talchin Cup, part of the reason why we have a tiered league system is to have, and I quote, teams competing at their own level. What that has too often meant, of course, is teams being stuck down the bottom and basically abandoned and ending up. The logical extension of this was Kilkenny deciding not to field because of because of the sheer futility of taking these beatings year after year. And it is very, very difficult to get up through them. So without a plan, without a plan for doing this, no revision of the championship, no revision of the league, nothing will work without proper resourcing and proper coaching structures being put in place. That being said, Cavan, down in Division 4, have to be favoured to come back out, Oshin. Yeah, I think Cavan will come back out. I've seen them in the... Um, I've seen them in the McKenna Couple, went down to, to Cavan uh, Thursday night at the start of January. Um, took the two kids with me. Uh, we got home through the door at quarter to 12, we got caught in a snowstorm. <laughs> uh, the kids were loving it. <clears throat> the wife wasn't, but anyway, um, the, the cabin were very good that night. Very good. Um, again, Mickey Graham, he knows what he's about. Um, he's introduced Ryan McManaman in there now, um, so there's there is a bit of thrown about them too. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll not say any more. Um, and I think you know they have some. They have some. Big players up front. McKernan is so important to them. Look, but if something happened to him, you know, they, they probably look like a completely different team. But uh, structurally, they look very, very good. They'll be way too good for everybody in Division 4. They may get caught, you know, on on the hop on maybe one occasion, but uh, they'll they'll certainly come out of that Division 4 way too good to be down now. And you'd suggest Tipperary might come with them, Eamon? Absolutely, Paul. Yeah, you'd expect them to come back. Um Michael Quinlevin not playing with them this season is is a big loss to them. But they, you know you know they have a lot of good players and 
Um, they're they're better they're better than the standard in Division Four, so I'd be surprised if they didn't come straight back up. I'm gonna give my old teammate a shout in Sligo might have a chance as well. I know yeah. I said that last year, but it was a uh, it was a it was a condensed league. You tipped Sligo for the Connacht Championship last year, if I remember. Nah. <laughs> no, please. Um, Division Three: Limerick, Longford, Fermanagh, Antrim, Loud and Leash, Westmead and Wicklow. Who's going up, Oshin? Wow, I know you, you. I know you're saying about you know teams we stuck there and there, but this is such a good league. That's such a good league, so competitive. Um, I, I haven't seen Leash at the weekend. Uh, I'd be fairly impressed with them. Uh, Westmead, I thought were very good last year. Um, I know they only had like a one out so far, but. I go with them probably. I go with Westmead and, and and possibly Leash as well. Yeah, Westmead. Westmead were really, really unlucky to be relegated from Division Two. Yeah. Um, really, really unlucky last year. Um, do you have a bit of a fancy for Limerick, Eamon? Are they? Are they? Are they? There's a bit of work going on in Limerick football. Big time, yeah, Paul. I'd have, I'd have Leash nearly definitely going up as well. I think they look well organised, and uh, again, haven't seen them at the weekend, and there seems to be a bit of passion and bite there um, so I would have them going up Westmeath possibly as well but I give Limerick a shout as well I think there has been good work going on there there's been a consistency with the management team with Billy Lee being there for a good few years now and uh, wouldn't surprise me if they gave it a good rattle as well there's a good bit like, like to be fair like between the bottom of, of obviously Division 2 and top of Division 3 there's a good bit of jeopardy there with, the, with all of those teams now so I mean, that's why I think just Division 3, when you consider the teams that are in it, just, it looks looks as if, you know, you could, if you, as I say, if you could play all them games on a Friday night or something, it'd be, uh, we could see them all, it'd be, that looks like a really good league, especially when it gets towards the end. Don't be surprised if, we, if you actually get seeing some of those games maybe towards the end because there'd be more riding on them than maybe a Division 1 game, you know? The the Division 2, Derry and Down, Clare and Offaly, Galway and Mead, was common in Cork. Oshin. Wow. Uh, I suppose the first thing I'd be looking at is, you know, who's going down. Uh, down are going to be up against it. I mean, they still don't have, obviously, the Kilku players back. Um, Do a lot of the Kilku players not actually play for down? They don't know, but... There's enough of them that would make a difference. There's probably three of them that have committed, you know, on a regular basis. I know Jerome Johnson has said that he will be back in this year, so he would make a difference to them. Um, and probably Darrell Brannigan would make a, a huge difference to them. Uh, maybe even Ryan Johnson, if he can get going again. Um, Dylan Ward, Ryan McAvoy, you know, Nick. There's probably, look, there's probably six of them. You know, could could make a real difference to them. Uh, they might just do enough to to, to hang on. I, I'm gonna maybe be very controversial and say that maybe Clara could be susceptible this time around. Um, and uh, all know, the evidence I, suggests otherwise, Oshin. If you yeah, look at no, the league tables, the last word they're pushing for Division One rather than looking down at three. Yeah, true. That's just. Yeah, that's just that's just a lot in my head, and 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 I'm afraid, you know, awfully need to get off to a flare. So that's a big game with 
with Clare and Offaly right off the bat. So um, if Offaly could get a win there, of an opportunity to, to stay up. Otherwise, they could be in a bit of bother. Eamon? Yeah, I'd actually worry for Cork lads. Um, they're four away games. They're, you know, they're very much in experimental mode at the moment. Um, they, they barely hung on last year. Uh, there's obviously a lot riding in it for them because they're playing Carina Munster semi-final, um, so they don't have the guaranteed pathway into into the Munster into the Munster final that they might have felt that they would have had if they could avoid Kerry. No, that's not saying that they can't beat Kerry, but at the same time, it just makes it harder to get into the Munster final. So I think Cork will get well tested in this league, and it'll be a good good test to where they're at um, in terms of going up. I, I, I like Derry and I've liked Derry for some time. I like a lot of the the work that's been going on there and I, I, I fancy, I think they could be an interesting side in Division 2 and that they could be pushing towards the top of it. And then obviously you have the likes of Galway, Meath, Roscom and the kind of more experienced teams that would have the bit of Division 1 experience. But um, it wouldn't shock me if, if, if Derry went up. Just like they have a lot of good players there couple of years into Rory Gallagher now they were unlucky enough in the championship last year very impressive in division three so um, I, I kind of have fancied them to go up I went down to see UCC play CIT in the Sigerson Cup down in Cork and it was it was a really it was a great occasion huge crowd turned turned out for it really good open football and there looked to be a lot of good players and I know a lot of the good footballers were from Kerry and there was a couple from Tipperary who were who were very good also. But there were good footballers there who were Cork footballers and in around the Cork panel. And it was a dislocation between the quality of their play and the way Cork football is. Why is that, Eamon? What, what, what is the story there? I don't know. I can't, you know, it's it's very hard to figure it out, to be honest, Paul, because there is a lot of good players. They've had a bit of underage success the last couple of years. They are well resourced. If you're going back to the conditioning thing, they've had serious experts involved in that side of us. Um, you know, they have all the ingredients to be to to be back where they were ten years ago and to be really competing in Division One, really competing for Munster Championships and All Ireland success. But it's not happening. There seems to be a confidence thing there. Um, I think the last couple of years they haven't been helped by the probably the shortened seasons and the lack of a back door and things like that. But um, uh, yeah, I didn't see much different about them at the weekend, to be honest, against Kerry. And uh, I know that they're they're missing a lot of players at the moment, and they are quite experimental. But uh, I'm not not even sure what what is the Cork way of playing at the moment. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd worry for them, to be honest, at the moment. Um, no, I think Keith Ricken is a good guy and he's an able, he's an able operator and I think he, he will get there in time, but um, he faces a big task in the short term, I think. Yeah, I, I look at that division and I think Derry and Galway look to be the two best teams in, in, in that league and I think any of the others could what go down. Make, what would make you say Galway? I think Galway have a couple of really good forwards and I think if if you've got really good forwards you've got a chance. Uh it would be it would be as basic as that. But I do think I do think any of the others and I agree with Cork, I agree on Cork four away games and there's a few few kicker matches in there 
for Cork well, that they're, they're going to find really difficult. And then, if we before we finish up, if we do look at the one bright spark for Cork football, what St. Finbars did against Stacks last last weekend, they they played with no little skill, a really clear plan, great structure, and an absolute heart when it came down to it. You'd say, Eamon, that there is there is something there in that. Oh, there is, there is big time, and I I think even look little things like um, insisting that the game was at a neutral venue. Um, you know that there was a lot of debate about Turles and uh, Austin Sachs would have preferred if the, the, there was a coin toss. Obviously, within St Finbars, they just said no, we're not doing that. We're not going up to Tralee if we lose the coin toss, and uh, we're we, we're going to take our chances in the neutral venue. Um, I think there's a chance that the Munster semi-final against Kerry could be on in Parky Rin next so, next summer um, because I don't think, I think Ed Sheeran's in Parky Cueve. I think there might have been an offer for the game to be on in Killarney and then to pay it back for two years, which was rejected. So, there, you know, in the background, there's definitely a bit of steel coming into the Cork decision-making, um, which uh, which is the way it should be and it's the way it has to be. And I, I think you saw that with St. Finbar's uh, last weekend. And like you said, they played very well. They were des- deserved winners. I don't think anyone with Austin Sachs would disagree with that. Um, whether they have enough to go on and uh, win the All-Ireland, I'm not sure. Um, I think Kilku and um, Kilmacud are po- possibly ahead of them. But they won't mind that. They weren't fancy going into the Munster final and they managed to win it. So they'll be, they'll be gunning, I'm sure, for the All-Ireland semi-final. You'd you 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 look at that game then Kilku against Finbars and then the other one Pierce was against uh, Kilmacud Croaks. Oshin, how do you see them? I just wouldn't discount maybe some Finbars the way I maybe did uh, the last day. Uh, but I do is, think is this he, a public apology? No, no, no. Um, but I do think that uh, Kilku uh, have progressed nicely because they could, literally could have been taken out in the early rounds of uh, of, of down. Uh, they've improved dramatically. They do have like when you talk about a system of play, like I mean, they play it to the to the nth degree. There's something very don't get me wrong. There's something very uncomfortable seeing a player on the ball walking soloing. Like it's not it's not a good luck. But you you know that's the way they do it. That's the way they they go about their business. They have um they have a couple of players then who are game changers as well. Um and. I suppose the way they go about it is very, very intelligent. Um, and I think, you know, what a lot of teams do against them to try and match up similarly to them, but that doesn't really work with them. I think, you know... You what would you do, to... actually? If you were playing against Kilku, what, what way would you two go about it? Well, definitely, uh, you have to get up and give them very little time on the ball and, uh, and don't let them settle on the ball because that's where they're most comfortable. And the... the you know, to go from walking pace to to um, to to getting into full flight in a very short space of time, and they honestly and, and believe me, they would not mind if they won the next two games one nil, mm. and that's how stubborn uh, that's how stubborn a team they are. But I I would I would say give them very little time on the ball, um, and give yourself a small bit of protection at the back, but. Um, try and get up and, and in the faces. I think that's the best way. That's the way we 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 played against them, uh, you know, for years. And um, I know they're slightly different now, and I, I know the game has changed slightly. But um, to give them less time in the ball, I think, is the key to success. Eamon, what would you do? 
Yeah, similar. And I, I just think you have to avoid turnovers against them, Paul. The ball has to go dead because they thrive in that counter-attack game. And like that, I think it's it's important to keep shape at the back that, um, you know, they like to suck you up the field and leave that space behind them to counter-attack into. So I would be trying to keep a bit of shape, make sure when you're in possession, you're killing killing the ball and getting a score and like O'Sheen said then, that when they're on the ball, that you have to be in their face. You have to tackle them hard. You have to be aggressive. You can't let them have the ball and be backing over across the field the way they can be at times. And they're really dictating the terms of the game then. Uh, Croaks and Pierce's looks interesting, O'Sheen. Yeah, I, I of, all, of all the teams we've seen so far, I, I really like the way Pierce are set up. They do a brilliant balance. <coughs> um uh, but Crokes, like I thought, it was very impressive. Crokes the last day. Um, when I heard Manu wasn't playing, I thought, you know, they were they were very susceptible to to um to Nias. and Nias actually started the game really well. But um, all the Crokes players uh, built into it and, and grew as that game went on. So <clears throat> there's not much in between those two teams. I don't think. I think when you look at uh, the talent that Kim McCod had, but you look at the, and you don't get me wrong, uh, Pierce was have have talented players, but their structure is very, very good. Pat Flanagan has them um, in, in very, very good shape. So that's a toss of a coin for me. Maybe just give Pierce a slight edge, actually. If you look at these matches, there, there, there are two great games to look forward to. And there were a lot of great games to look forward to uh, at this weekend. And it's it's one of those things. It's it's that just that great part of the season where you're kind of diseased with hope as to what might just be about to happen. And I did know from Eamon's reaction to uh, Ushin suggesting that Kerry won't win the All-Ireland that there's a lot there's a lot building down the south. This makes it really, really exciting. Thank you to Larry Ryan for running the podcast, to Raf Rocket, to Tony Lean, to everyone at Examiner Sport for making it happen. A huge thanks to Oshin and especially to Eamon Fitzmaurice for joining us today. We'll be back soon. A grain, alright. A, a grain, alright. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that. Then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Come on. Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Listen, Victoria.